0: Welcome back to another episode of the 24 Seconds Podcast. My name is Arju, and I'm joined by my friend Drin, who will now give the 24 Second Report.
1: In today's episode, Arju and I will talk about the big three of the Brooklyn Nets LeBron's dominant performance against the Cavaliers, the New York Knicks, and Kevin Porter Jr.'s new situation in the Houston Rockets.
0: Before we get into today's discussion, please hit that subscribe button and leave a like for more content. Anyways, getting into today's first topic of the day. The Brooklyn Nets and their big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Dren, give me your initial thoughts on them. I think
1: after the trade happened, we knew that this was going to be an offensive trio that's going to be hard to stop. And we've seen that they've um, quite convincingly beat the Miami Heat and the previous teams before that. The only concern I have with this question and I'll let you talk about it now is the defensive aspect that comes with them. Do you think as currently constructed they're going to be able to make it far into the playoffs because of their lack of defensive
0: capabilities? I think they'll make it far in the playoffs, but their defense, man, that is it is hard to watch. Like they just don't play well defensively and and now with, you know, moving on from you know from uh Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, you, you kind of have lost even more defensive depth and you just lost depth overall in general. And so I think the biggest thing for them is like that depth issue, right? Like you don't really have anyone who's like an elite defender in your starting five and nobody off the bench is like a great defender. Exactly. I, and you're right. I, I just think there's, yeah, I just think there's a lot of questions for this team moving forward. Like if this team stays the same, and the and the postseason was to start, honestly would not be surprised if they don't even make the finals. Like, in the, in the postseason, defense is just so much more – like, there's so much more emphasis on it. And if they don't have someone who can get the stops, like, it's not going to work. I feel like
1: they're making the load harder on themselves because for all the points that they're scoring, they're giving
0: up. And that's just not going to work in the late rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I guess my question to you would be, you know, there's been a lot of reports about them being interested in JaVale McGee, Kevin Love I saw the other day. Like, what, what do you what do you think about that? Even Andre Drummond, there was, there was something about that. What do you think?
1: It's interesting how they're going for the big men of the Cavaliers. There were Kevin Love, Andre Drummond rumors. But like we talked about outside of the podcast, facilitating a trade like that would be quite difficult because that would have like – if you acquire Kevin Love, you have four guys who are on thirty million or more con- uh, dollars of contracts yearly, and that's just not going to work out. Like Kevin Love trade is to be made; it's going to have to be with a third team, from what I've heard. And I don't know, man. I-, I I can't really see Kevin Love going to Brooklyn. I would love to see it. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I I can't see it happening because of the
0: monetary aspect that's involved. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about Javale McGee, though? He's you know he's on a pretty you know, respectable deal that the Nets could potentially trade for, do you think he'd be a good fit? Do you think he solves a lot of the issues that they have right now with DeAndre Jordan starting at the five? I'm going to be honest, no. In my eyes, the
1: Brooklyn Nets are having DeAndre Jordan and JaVale McGee as their best big men, and that this is a team that wants to fight for a championship. That's not going to do it. What is JaVale McGee and DeAndre Jordan going to do to stop Anthony Davis in the finals?
0: That's, nope. No, that's that's true. You think Drummond can can fix what they have?
1: I think he can fix what they have because they don't really they haven't really been getting boards like when DeAndre Jordan is off the court, he's like the only one that gets rebounds for them and then when he's off the court, they're giving up so many rebounds and Andre Drummond as we've seen in the past few years is their main rebound is the best rebounding big in the league, so he's obviously going to help them in that aspect. But I wanted to say Please. something I said before that um the Nets, when I introduced the Brooklyn Nets, I said that the Nets have quite convincingly beaten teams with their big threes. They've actually lost games to the Cavaliers, but I just, that was my recency bias where they beat Miami. So I want to correct myself on that.
0: Yeah, I guess another, you know, I'm going to just throw another big man out here and you can tell me how you feel about him. Mason Plumley to the Nets. What do you think about that? What would the Nets have to give up just like picks and stuff? Yeah, I mean, the contracts could work out. Yeah. And and Plumley could end up in, in Brooklyn. Like, do you think he would also help? I think he'd help. I think he'd be better than
1: um JaVale McGee. Because we've saw we've seen yeah, we, right? we've seen Mason Plumley in, in the playoffs in Denver. He's experienced. He's he's started many games in the late rounds of the playoffs. He's not going to be a world changer, but he'll definitely help the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Yeah, and he's a good defensive player. Like, that's that's what they need. And I feel like as in a big man, you know, DeAndre Jordan, if we're being honest, he seems like he's very like He's only playing for himself. Like, it's not really like DeAndre Jordan at this stage in his career really doesn't show enough effort.
1: He hasn't been playing basketball with like a high IQ. He kind of just stands there, tries to dunk the ball, and when he's not getting those alley-oops, he's not creating anything. I as yeah, I've said, he... As I've said many times in this podcast, I'm a Miami Heat fan, so I've watched the last two games that the Brooklyn Nets have had with the Miami Heat, and DeAndre Jordan does not really do anything in the paint. Kyrie Irving when he struggles to throw him up those alley oops, Bam is just cooking him, and that's not going to help when you're up against Anthony Davis and Joel and beat him. Bam out of bio in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and like I guess another issue is just like is just like with without like effort. If you know a player is just going to be stationary on offense, like it's basically like a four v five at that point. Oh, yeah. Like if 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 they're not gonna try to if their only aspect of their game is alley oops, like th- there's no way that they're gonna you know there's no way that the defense is gonna really pro- like emphasize defense on that specific player. Yeah, that's and so it just makes their offense
1: like worse. That's definitely a fair point. And speaking of their offensive game, I wanted to talk to you about Kyrie Irving. Um, ever since the big three, if we were to call them that has joined together in Brooklyn there there seems to be like a lack of fluidity sometimes I feel like they all want to present themselves as not selfish so they're giving a place to pass the ball which in return is actually just leading to turnovers because they all want to be like proving to people that it can work out and they're not selfish you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. if this offensive trio doesn't work out should the Nets trade Kyrie Irving it's unlikely they just got James Harden and they gave him so much. So it's unlikely they'll get rid of him and they're not going to get rid of Kevin Durant. So that's why I'm saying should the
0: Nets trade Kyrie Irving? Dude, I I have no idea. But let me just say one thing. I think Harden plays better with KD than Kyrie plays with KD. And so, like, if they're going to trade anyone, I feel like it would be Kyrie. Now They can get they a do, huge,
1: huge big man. Who is all-star level for Kyrie's value? It just depends what teams are interested. I know a lot of teams yeah. don't want to take Kyrie Irving because of the reports that he causes locker room drama and stuff like that. We we can't speak on that because we don't we haven't experienced that firsthand. We just see what the reports say. But if there is to be a team that says we want to, we need a point guard type of player, let's bring in Kyrie Irving, and they give up a big man, that could benefit the Nets.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's how I look at it. You know, we as people who are analyzing basketball, you know, sports media, we only see what happens like outside the locker room, right? We know Kyrie's antics outside the locker room. When we think about Kyrie, like when players are playing with Kyrie, a lot of them have said, like, he's a good guy. Like, I know he still has a lot of good relationships with the Celtics, even though, like, a lot of the Celtics players, even though he left. And so, like, we don't have that perspective of what's actually going on inside the locker room. Like we know that there's some, like there's definitely something up with Kyrie, but it's not like we we don't know for a fact how Kyrie is in the locker room. We can only speculate. And so I feel like his value is still there regardless of, you know, regardless of what we hear from the media, they can get, as you said, like a good big man, or they can get a lot of good depth. And, you know, for them, Either one will really do it. They just – I just – I have no clue if this big three or this roster as currently constructed will win a championship because they just have so many defensive questions. Definitely. And that's
1: that's why all these reports have been coming out that the Nets are interested in big men because Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, and the faculty realize that they're going to need a big man. And that's been apparent in their last few games. But from one side of New York, let's head on to the other and talk about the New York Knicks, Arju – you've been really high on them recently and just let the people know how you feel about
0: them and specifically one rookie that you really like. Okay. So a few days ago that my Blazers played the Knicks and they were down by 20 at halftime. The Knicks came all the way back and they made it. They ended up losing by three games, but I was really impressed by how they, they played, you know, they beat the, the, I believe they beat the Warriors a few games before that. And I've just been impressed. Like, you know, I am I am not the biggest fan of Tom Thibodeau. Like, I don't think he's a championship head coach, which I think is, is fair. Like, that's fair. But for a team like the Knicks, Thibs is exactly what you need. Like, someone who's going to come in, change that culture, and make it more, you know, winning basketball. Let's play team-friendly basketball, right? And that's what, you know, Tom Thibodeau provides him. Now, the one thing that I will say is... This team has a lot of players that we're not talking enough about. You know, Julius Randle, I feel like we're not really talking about him as much. He has been good this year, like really good. I know he had a really bad year last season, but something about his game just changed over the, you know, the offseason, and he's been playing better. As for the rookie that you talked about, Emmanuel Quickly, man, he dropped 31 in that game. The amount of energy that he brings compared to, you know, Alfred Payton, he needs to be starting. Like, he looks impressive. He plays with pace. And the Knicks right now are the worst pace team in basketball. Like, they, they have, like, the, the slowest pace. And so having Julius Randle out there playing with more pace and having him as a point forward and then having Emmanuel quickly out there, you know, that's going to help with that pace. And I think that's how they win more games. Um, but I really think that if, if, you know, they make these changes and they continue playing really good defense, they're the best defensive team in the league right now, then like in terms of points given up, they're a serious contender for the play in spot and they could maybe push towards an eighth seed. I'm I'm not going to say that they're going to make the eighth seed, but I think that they could, they very much could push. Now it's all, it's all dependent upon them continuing, you know, this brand of basketball, which who knows if it's going to be the case, but I'm very impressed by the New York Knicks, man. How do you feel about them? I was actually going to ask you while you, uh, before you started talking about
1: it, how would Elfred payton feel about emmanuel quickly starting over him
0: dude i don't i don't even know like like Alfred payton should not be a starting point guard like he should just not be a starting point guard in this league um emmanuel quickly i think and thibs doesn't really like playing um you know his rookies in the starting lineup he likes to develop them like we saw with you know jimmy butler i think I think this is where he can show that he's changed from the past, right? It's the same thing that we talked about a few, I think a few weeks ago about how LaMelo should be starting. We know that guards, rookie guards, especially, they turn the ball over a lot. They do make a lot of mistakes, but there's, there's promise that you look for, right? What point is there in playing Alfred Payton when you already know his ceiling is not that good. And so play quickly, like let him make mistakes, let him learn, let him develop, that's the only way that you, you'll see, like, players really grow in this league. I, and de- so, I definitely agree. Yeah. I think
1: the Knicks are going to eventually start Emmanuel quickly, and Alfred Payton's going to have to be okay with it because of the fact that Emmanuel quickly is putting up all these numbers. Um, being a sixth man is no shame. We've seen how important they are, and Alfred Payton could become that.
0: Yeah, and, I, I mean, even if he's not a sixth man, like, I'm sure when he signed with the Knicks, he didn't think that the, that he's going to be their long-term starting point guard, you know? I want to talk about
1: Kevin Porter Jr because as soon as this trade happened with the Houston Rockets I knew you would like to fit. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll let you go off. Give your give your thoughts on KPG. I like it, man. We we never really saw his full um I I, I don't want to say full potential because he didn't even he barely played. <laughs> but we didn't see who he is in Cleveland and this new situation, he's not going to be frustrated in Houston at least at the start like he was in Cleveland. So I think it's a new opportunity for him. And that team is slightly uh, progressively going to become younger. We're going to see that the Houston Rockets are going to gradually trade away their pieces and start to rebuild. And I think that's a perfect situation
0: for Kevin Porter Jr. to be in. Yeah. And remember, I think it was when he was getting drafted. Remember what Dwayne Wade said? He said that this kid was impressive. Like Dwayne Wade really liked Kevin Porter Jr. And, you know, I'm the same way. I think what we saw after the all-star break last season He started playing some good basketball. Now, I know there's a lot of questions over, you know, his mental health. And, you know, both me and you take mental health seriously. And so I'm not going to blame him for, you know, that outbreak. Maybe it is just something that he's dealing with internally. Um, But if he can put it all together, if he gets back to basketball, you know, he's going to be good. Like, he has the talent to be a really good player in this league. He also has the defensive upside, which is important for
1: guards. He can be, oh, definitely. he has the potential to become a really good defender. Because he's oh, he's definitely. so he's so like athletic, and I just feel like he has the tools to become a defend a really good defender.
0: Yeah, I mean this is like a steal for the Rockets, really. A a future protected second round pick. Are yeah. you kidding me? For Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. And that also maybe the fact that they didn't give up anything shows that the Cavs were doing anything to get rid of him, maybe. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> That's insane. Like, I feel like every team in the league should take, you know, a chance with a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, you have to believe that he's going to be able to get better. But if you do think he is, take the take the chance. I mean, it's a future protected second round pick, you know? Yeah, definitely. Actually, one team, I don't know why, but I had I thought that the
1: 76ers were going to go after him because people have been saying the 76ers need more guards and that's why they should trade for. Bradley Beal or try to get Ola Deep on these type of players. I thought they were gonna to try to go
0: for Kevin Porter Jr., but I guess not. Yo, that would have been a really interesting fit. Especially if he was again, if he was able to get it all like good, like good uh, mentally, like that would have been a very like interesting fit. You think he would he would come off the bench as like a seventh or an eighth man?
1: Yeah. He's not he's not gonna start right away or be a sixth man right away. He's gonna need to develop a little first. Yeah, I mean, Shake, Shake Milton, you know. He's playing. That guy, Shake Milton. that guy is good. That guy's good. He's been playing so well for the 76ers. But I actually want to talk about the 76ers, Arju. I have quite a lot to say about them. And if there's any 76ers fans listening, I hope you guys hear me out and don't think I'm just trying to be <laughs> disrespectful. But are the 76ers actually good? The reason why I say this, I'll give my reasoning first, Arju, and I want you to tell me if I'm going crazy, okay?
0: Go for it. So
1: yes, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are playing at an amazing level, especially Joel Embiid, who right now, if the season were to end today, him or Jokic, or maybe LeBron, would be the MVPs, right? But I feel like I feel like their record, which is currently twelve and six, is slightly misleading. They this is this is what's been happening with their schedule. All of their wins, Arju, have come from teams that Every team in the league should be beating. And by this, I mean like the Hornets, Pistons, Cavaliers, Bulls, these type of teams, right? Yeah. Um, As well as the big teams like the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. But when they did play those big teams, they didn't have their best stars. When they played the Heat, we didn't have Butler, Bam, or Dragic. We had to play with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson as our best players for two games. That's two wins. And when they played the Celtics, the Celtics didn't have Jason Tatum twice. That's another two wins. Yesterday, as soon as they lost Joel Embiid, they lost to the Detroit Pistons. I genuinely just, like, I, I don't see this team going far in the playoffs. Maybe, like, second-round max. But I just – I'm not saying they're not good, but I just don't feel like they're as good as their record indicates.
0: Bro, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Like I thought I was losing dude. my mind. I'm happy you agree. Dude, Ben Simmons this year—they lost to the Pistons last night. Without it doesn't, doesn't matter. It
1: doesn't matter if Joel Embiid's not there. Ben Simmons has the tools and the pieces around him to be able to convincingly beat the Detroit
0: Pistons, and he didn't rise to the occasion. They didn't even—they didn't even keep it close. They lost by 15 points yesterday against the Pistons. Like this, this is this is without Joel Embiid. If they're so reliant upon Joel Embiid, and and let me just tell you something: Ben Simmons did not play well yesterday like he did not play well yesterday against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. They, this 76ers team without Joel Embiid is not good. Like
1: yeah, and I, also I, I mean, the not... other night, the other night before people um say that they beat the Pistons, they beat the Pistons by 4 points the other night where Joel Embiid scored 33 points, Ben Simmons had 20 points and that still was not enough to convincingly beat the Detroit Pistons. Think about that.
0: I, I I mean, we talked about this last week. I think Ben Simmons just – Ben Simmons in the 76ers, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid just don't work together. They just don't. Nothing about this season has changed how I feel about that. They just don't work well together. I think most NBA fans would say the same thing. They just don't work well together. They also lost to the and Nets s- without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that one time. Yeah, that's see, that's like ridiculous. Like how does that even happen, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see this team go, this go, this team going to uh far in the playoffs. If I'm really being honest, and I hope they prove me wrong, because I, I really like Joel Embiid, but I just wanted to point it out that records aren't everything. Like you have to look at the teams they're beating, and even when, like, you have to look at the deep analytics of each game. Sometimes I know stats aren't everything, but if you look at it, oh my God, the Seventy Sixers beat the Heat twice. They beat the Celtics twice. Click the stats and see that Bam Adebayo, Butler, and Dragic did not play for the Miami Heat, and Jason Tatum did not play for the Boston Celtics. Like,
0: that is literally – I just needed to point that out. Also, yeah, I mean, I just want to bring it back to what you said at the beginning. They've played easy teams. Like, we haven't seen them play, like, those contending teams. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. And so – like why are we saying that the 76ers are this and that that they're you know they might contend and stuff like that when we haven't even seen them play like real contending teams i agree man and i've i've made my point clear with them
1: i uh, i feel like long term we're going to see that we're right you and i are right on our on how we see this team but in the present moment people might call us crazy cuz they're currently the first seed in the east but once again just look at the teams they're beating and I think I think you guys will understand where we're coming from but
0: I also wait I also just want to quickly say one thing like I understand that we're talking about how they beat these shitty teams I don't want to make it seem like like I don't want to make it seem like we're we're like sh- like shitting on them for playing against sh- you know awful teams you know mm. like that's not something they can control but the point is like when you're looking at analytically like you talked about like they should be expected to beat those teams championship teams should be expected to beat teams like that and the fact that they haven't been able to beat them convincingly is a big red flag i yeah. think that's the point that we're trying to make yeah
1: definitely i i good thing you added that i i 100 agree but now let's talk to another team who's been doing really well um from From the first seed in the East of the 76ers, let's go to the third seed in the Western Conference. That is the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are currently on an eight-game winning streak after convincingly beating the Warriors, convincingly beating the Pelicans twice. And they're on a roll right now. But I don't want to sound hypocritical here. I do want to note that the Jazz are not beating the best teams in the league. They've beaten the Spurs, the Knicks, the Pistons, the Hawks, who lost a lot of their pieces. They're not beating the best teams, but they're playing really well. The, the team is on an eight-game winning streak, so you have
0: to respect it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think their most impressive win is against the Nuggets. Um, I actually watched that game. That was a very, that was a fun game to watch against the uh, the Denver Nuggets. And I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like Utah, like they're on this win streak right now. But I, I just don't feel like, I just don't feel like anything's going to change come playoff time. Like, it's going to be the same Utah team that we've expected, you know? Fights it out in round one, maybe makes it to round two, and then loses in round two. Can we see them pulling off a trade for a better piece? I I just don't know. Like, like, who would they trade on their roster, you know?
1: They need, like, a good guard. Like, I, I know they have Donovan Mitchell, and I, I think Mike Conley has to be, like, a – in my eyes, I think the Utah Jazz can reach their full potential if Mike Conley comes off the bench, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell starts at point guard, and they get like a solidified shooting guard, like a Bradley Beal. But of course,
0: it's easier said than done. They just don't have like the young assets. That's the problem. Like uh, Donovan Mitchell, cool, he's young, but would you really trade Rudy Gobert for Bradley Beal and then have no like you know elite defender at, at, in the paint? Yeah, they're in, they're in quite a tricky scenario, but I would like to see them
1: do well in the playoffs. I I really like Donovan Mitchell.
0: I I also feel really bad for like him because, you know, Shaq, you know, me and you talked about it. Shaq should just not have said that. Yeah. Shaq should not have said what he had said like in, in front of national me- like media.
1: I think a lot of what Shaq is doing is unreasonable and if you if you click on any Instagram or Twitter post that's about Shaq, you click the comments and you just see everyone saying that he's salty and he's insecure. And honestly, that's what he's showing himself to be right now. I I, I really like Shaq, but
0: I'm not a fan of what he's been doing recently. Yeah, same. Like dude, he's what? Donovan Mitchell's still only twenty three. Let him let him grow, let him develop. Like, why are we why are we making it seem like he can't get better even though he's that young?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: but that's that's pretty
1: much it for the Utah Jazz. We're really impressed with what they've been doing. Eight game winning streak. They have a game against the Knicks tonight. We'll see what happens there. Can they extend their winning streak to nine? We'll see. But Arju, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get yeah, into our, before we get into our twenty four second questions?
0: Yeah, my one last thing to mention, and I wanted to talk about them was the Lakers. No. We, oh, they
1: convincingly I. I Can we get a word count for every time I've said convincingly this episode? But they have (laughs) – they they beat the Cavaliers with pure confidence last
0: night. Dude, LeBron went off, dude. Like, I'm telling you right now, if I had to pick an MVP, I'd pick LeBron. I would. Really? I would pick LeBron. I feel like like 90% of NBA fans would pick Joel Embiid right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to look at, like, when I look at LeBron play this season, I've just been so impressed by, first of all, his his shooting is just, I, I said this before, but it's like LeBron keeps getting better at shooting the basketball as he gets older, you know? It's like, it's like Tom Brady making Super Bowls left and right as he gets older. It's like, same with LeBron, you know? He's going to make more finals, hopefully. I think, I think the Lakers will make it to the finals, and I... Honestly, he might keep winning them. Like with his with his dominant performance against the Cavs, it was it was nice to see kind of him going against that Cavaliers team. He, again, as you said, convincingly finished them off. I think, I think that was the game that convinces me that as of right now, he's the MVP in my eyes. I will say though that at the same time, like Anthony Davis hasn't been playing as well as he should be, and so that's like one thing to monitor, but. In terms of, like, performances, LeBron, dude, he's, MVP. He's been right amazing. There. He's been amazing. And genuinely,
1: it's it, it's unreal that at this level he's playing – at this age he's playing at such a high level. It's just it's just impressive. I, I'm at a loss for – do you know what a big LeBron fan I am? I, I praise the guy all the time. I, I'm just happy that he's happy, you know. He receives a lot of criticism, but he ignores all of it and shows what he's capable of on the court, and that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, he seems to have, like, found that peace in life where it's like, I, you know, I have a family. Yeah, I'm sometimes athletes,
1: athletes try too hard to, like, prove their haters wrong, and it reaches a point where they're not even trying to prove them wrong anymore. They're just, like, negatively affecting themselves. like, Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, it's always good to prove your haters wrong, you know, but when that's all you do, it's it's not good. And LeBron James yeah, has realized that he's like, I. LeBron James realized
0: that he could win ten championships in a row, and people are still gonna hate. So yeah, I mean, look at what look at what's happening with Ben Simmons. You know, criticism is getting to him. You see LeBron; he doesn't really care what anyone says, and he's playing great. Probably, you know, some of the best basketball of his career.
1: That's why it pained me so much last year, and I told you this when the Lakers and the Heat went to the finals because obviously I'm going to pick Miami to win but I've been wanting LeBron James to win championships so long because for so long because so many people negatively talk about him but I was like can the Heat win or are the Lakers going to win and obviously the Lakers ended up winning pain and misery but at least it affected LeBron's legacy positively
0: no definitely I mean that's a hard situation to be in but it's 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 a good way to look at it definitely but yeah moving moving on to you know our, the final section or session of our of our episode today our 24 seconds q a period um Trin, i i have a question for you so you want me to go first go for it okay so you know we're recording this episode today um on january 26th it's been a year since kobe's death now you know neither of us want to kind of we didn't really want to discuss this because, you know, Kobe passed away. I know there's a lot of people out there that are probably clickbaiting on YouTube right now. I I genuinely want to know, and I'm asking you this, and I, g- I give you 24 seconds and you know, how, how funny is that? Um, Kobe Bryant, you know, talk about the impact that he had on your life.
1: I may need more than 24 seconds for that, but, um, I think suspend I,
0: the suspend the twenty four seconds. Let me let me hear what let me let me hear it.
1: It's it's essentially the same impact that he's had on every basketball fan's life. Like most most NBA players and older NBA fans grew up with a Michael Jordan, but growing up our guy was Kobe Bryant. He was the reason why we all started watching basketball, why we all shouted Kobe every time we tried to shoot trash can, you know, he, he, he was our life and he was our idol growing up and to see him go at such a young age when he had so much in store for himself off the court, like everything he did on the court. Yes, we know that, but he had so much in store for himself and his family off the court. It's just, I I genuinely don't think he will ever be forgotten. And one year ago today, man, I can't explain the pain I was in, but um I I guess I I had another question for you but I didn't know you were going to ask me that so I might as well give you the same question what what impact did he have on your life I'm sure he had a he didn't have a negative impact on anyone's life he's
0: positively impacted everyone so go for it Yeah I mean just like Kobe right like when when we talk about Kobe Bryant like he he defied the odds you know he like came he I mean it wasn't like he, He wasn't in a good, you know, economic standing and stuff like that. But, but the way that he went about playing basketball, you know, he, what was he, he wasn't even drafted, you know, early in the lottery. This is a guy who was drafted mid lottery who not that many people expected him to be this great. Right. But the work ethic that he put in and the mentality, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, like, we're going to go out there every day. We're going to leave everything on the court. And we're just going to, you know, keep working harder and harder until we get to where we want to be. And even when we get to where we want to be, there's still so much more to go after. Like this man literally retires with five championships. He goes on, has an acting career. He was, he was going to plan on starting a, a shoe brand. Like, I think I think to me, the biggest impact that he left wasn't necessarily like the basketball. It was just like the way that he went about life, like he, how he approached it. Like, don't give up, keep believing in yourself, keep working and you'll get there one day, but like, don't give up. And I think that's, that's the biggest impact that that Kobe had. Like we all, we all can talk about his basketball greatness, but the amount of impact that he had on our culture, on the way that we, that a lot of us go day to day, like we don't talk about that enough. And so that's, that's the impact that Kobe left. I feel like is, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep working. If you're a winner, you know that it's like never enough. Like you always have to keep working. So, yeah. In other words, his Mamba mentality.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so that Mamba mentality is
0: just different.
1: And so guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you for another episode.
0: Peace.